everybody, and welcome to the Wasatch Report. This is episode number 44. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Joining Jeff Johnson and me this morning is Joe Wolverton. He is an attorney, an author, an historian, the author of What Degree of Madness? Madison's Plan to Make America States Again. Also in his repertoire is The Founder's Recipe. We're going to also be discussing his article uh, in The New American, which concerns Joe Biden's proposed gun policies. And this was written in October, but now that he is officially the president, uh, it's it's going to be timely to start looking at what's coming down the pipe. Before we start going, facebook.com forward slash Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report radio show. If you want to learn more about preparedness, and I think everybody should at this point, check out the Red Hot Chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y prepper. That is also on Facebook, the Red Hot Chili prepper. We are also on MeWe. SuzanneCSherman.com is my website. Please consider subscribing there so we can keep you updated as the tech purges continue. We're going to be referring to a few of the articles there under Suzanne's articles as well. If you care to donate to the show, you can do so directly there. There is a donate button on the homepage. And you can also donate for as little as 99 cents a month on Anchor FM. When you go listen to us on any of the Anchor platforms, please be sure to uh, like and rate the show and direct some traffic over there. For 10 years now, uh, longer than that even, I have been advocating people learn how to be prepared and self-reliant. Now you can learn the ways of the pioneers. Check out the Lost Frontier Handbook, your ultimate guide to self-reliance. And for those that have been asking, yes, the printed copy is coming out very soon. Some good news too, some of the material that we thought was going to be removed from this copy is going to stay in. And I have added a brand new chapter on chickens. So really excited come out. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you for having me. Welcome for having me. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Grateful to be here as well, usual. We're delighted to have you back. Uh, really quick, tell people how they can follow you. You have a new website and that you used to have a, a different website for educational purposes, but let's make sure people can find you now. Yeah, um, it's mrgigroup.com. It's A-M-A-R-G-I group.com. And uh, chose that word because it's the earliest known word we have for freedom. And uh, in that, I will have four years of high school history curriculum classes recorded that you can sign up for on demand and just watch them at your leisure, terrorize your children with them. And on social media, I still do Teacher of Liberty on all the social media stuff. So just Teacher of Liberty. and uh, Although you can... MRG Group has accounts on all of the social media as well. So A-M-A-R-G-I-G-R-O-U-P.com. With so many parents homeschooling, uh, even with the kids that are still going to school and getting their history Mm -hmm. education or indoctrination there, Mm -hmm. I have people, this topic is so important for our future that you have got to go beyond the mainstream corporate school, government, educational sources for education on our true history. And uh, this is a fantastic thing to combat the indoctrination if your kids are in school, or as I did, homeschooling, there was some great curriculum out there. In fact, I really didn't learn the true meaning of the Constitution as ratified until after I continued my law school uh, oh. education. And I, you can actually go on to, again, my website, SuzanneCSherman.com, under published articles and read my article, The Problem with Lawyers and the Constitution. The Abbeville Institute published that one for me. So really important to 
source out. I've had people ask me before, how do we know what historians are reliable? How do we know which ones that we should be believing? And uh, it's, it's you really need to look at the messages out there. If they're citing case law, uh, the, what the Supreme Court has said as a means to understanding United States history, you need to search elsewhere. And there are a lot of self-proclaimed constitutional experts and purveyors of liberty who are really selling snake oil. So to my listeners, I will tell you, Joe is one of the go-to guys, Joe uh, Wolverton. Let's talk a little bit about some... Well, for, yeah. that was very nice of you to say, Suzanne. That's a big deal coming from you. You just gloss mm-hmm. over that like I'm not so... That's a big deal to me to have someone like you say that because there are lots of places that people go for history. And I've had for years, you know, homeschool moms and come to me and say, I'm thinking of this or that curriculum. Would you look over it? And I look at it and it's just complete nationalism, statism, Mm -hmm. you know, bomb them all, let God sort them out kind of thing. And and so finally, it was like it. I'll go broke doing it, but at least I'll do something that, you know, I'll feel good about. And so that's, yeah, that's why we did it. Well, that's why we do what we do here. I mean, we're not racing all the way to the bank. Fortunately, the book's helping get a little bit of revenue as well. And we've got some listeners that have, you know, stepped up and made some really nice donations and some that make some recurring smaller ones. All that helps. We've talked about it before. If everybody was listening on the Facebook lives, supported the show for 99 cents a month, we could, you know, feel like we're actually earning some money for our efforts. But the personal reward is very fulfilling. Know that mm-hmm. knowing that we're really doing what we can. You know, I read an article. Gosh, this was when I was still living in California. And as you know, California has some of the most draconian firearms regulations across the continental landmass regulations, which, by the way, do not violate the Second Amendment. We'll get into that a little later. Back when I lived in California, I remember reading an article that had the premise that people are never going to have their guns confiscated. They are going to ultimately surrender them voluntarily. The reason being that the criminalization of firearms purchased legally was going to cause people to surrender their firearms because it would be too expensive of a penalty to pay, both with regards to financial penalties, fines, or imprisonment. Case being that I'm I'm thinking of right away is the crazy um, assault rifle bans in California. When I was living there, a so-called compromise was something called a bullet button. And if you took this bullet button, it requires an external tool so you can change magazines on a gun that has two or more what they call scary features. I don't want to digress too much. But then it became a penalty. I mean, you're going to get, I think, eight to 20 years in state prison if you have any way modified that bullet button so you can release that magazine like you can in any other free state. That being said, the bullet button now became the evil feature where now even they're trying to ban those. So whenever you try to compromise, there's going to be uh, harsh prison terms as a penalty and high taxes. And the high taxes tie into exactly what you mentioned in your article here. This was published by The New American, and it's Biden will, will confiscate all privately owned weapons. And one of the claims you make in here is that there's going to be a $200 surcharge for each AR-15 in your arsenal. And I believe they also included a $200 surcharge or tax, or I'd call it a penalty, for every what they call high-capacity magazine. Now, I don't know if that's more than 10, or who knows what that could be more than three. But what was your what was your take on this, Joe? 
Well, in and just to let you know, if people want to go to Joe Biden's own statements on this, so I I don't know if I linked to it in the article, but JoeBiden.com slash gun safe. I actually have where, that window open. <laughs> yeah, he but I'm gonna bring that is, in, yeah. It is absolutely insane the mm-hmm. things that he says in there because one of the things he said, I mean, yes, the tax. In other words, he's going to have every gun make sure it's registered. I mean, if you can manage to get approved to buy a gun, because Mm -hmm. he says dangerous people will not be allowed to buy a gun. And I would just refer you to the the actions taken by his administration with regard to the Department of Homeland Security and domestic terrorism. I can guarantee you there will be people looking to see things that you've said online. And Mm -hmm. if you say if you say anything that can be interpreted by the crown as being threatening to the homeland, then he will prevent you from owning a weapon. So the idea is that everybody going retroactive, right? Ex post facto, he will go back and anyone that's purchased certain weapons will have them taxed. And if you can't pay the tax, then the gun has to be surrendered. And the idea being exactly like you said, to tax it out of existence to where you have people that either can't afford the tax or don't want to pay the tax that would rather, well, I'm not going to buy a gun because it now, instead of costing a thousand dollars, it costs $1,300 or whatever. And also you don't want to go through the trouble. And so for those of you who don't want to go through the trouble of paying the tax on the guns that you already own, again, he's going back retroactively and taxing guns that you already own, then he will offer to buy them back for you. He will set up buyback centers and you can take your weapons in and the federal government will buy them back from you. And, An offer you I, can't refuse. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I mean, and I can, I know how many people will, they will take, this will encourage people to steal weapons. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking, if someone said, I'm going to, you know, give you a tax for, you know, you can come and I'm going to have a, a TV buyback. Can you imagine how many people are going to try to steal TVs? And so the same thing will be true here. And it happened before when they did it. You see criminals breaking into houses or, break uh, going to gun stores going to pawn shops taking guns to get them to buy back but the bottom line is he just wants to disarm civilians the way every tyrant since the beginning of time chapter one in tyranny for dummies is disarm the people and that's his ultimate goal do you want to add something jeff joe mentioned something so i'm going to read it right out of the constitution so it's article one section nine uh, no bill of attainder or ex post facto law shall be passed. Now, in all fairness, Joe has no intention of passing an ex post facto law. His intention is to dictate an ex post facto de edict. So he's going to pass some sort of, he's going to have, uh, what are they, their... Um, Executive orders. He's, he's going to have executive for, order for, number 1,268 uh, in his first month as uh, elected king, and he's going to have an ex post facto edict uh, declaring this tax or, or this reg- gun registration. You know, oh, and a he'll, lot of people, yeah, he'll definitely get around the Constitution. He, he's not, he doesn't care. I mean, just because we as a people sat and watched a man put his hand on the Bible and swear to God to abide by the Constitution— when he'd already promised beforehand that he was going to violate it. Yeah, he, he won't bother. And he just had the other day. Did you see the other day? He said he uh, we can't wait on Congress to 
help with COVID. We can't wait. That's exactly what Obama said. In fact, Obama had a page on the White House website. We can't wait. And now Biden say we can't wait. So, yeah, he won't be able to wait to end gun violence. And so, yeah, he'll do exactly what Jeff said. He'll issue an edict from the throne instructing the minions to enforce this act. You know, it's interesting. I I refer to this incident frequently when uh, it was during a State of the Union address and when Obama said, and where Congress can't act, I will. And every knucklehead Republican stood up with the Democrats and cheered. They all clapped as they were neutered before the entire world and clapped like trained seals. And people still have faith in the Republican Party when they agree to this. And the other thing with regards to expediency, Jeff, we go back from the very beginning. You talk about federal overreach with George Washington, where Hamilton took off his secretary of the Treasury hat and put on his secretary of defense hat marched into Pennsylvania. Thomas Jefferson with the Louisiana Purchase. We had Dave Benner on and we de- we debated that where I had said, look, this was unconstitutional. And yeah, Jefferson felt at the same time that it was unconstitutional, but he was convinced by James Madison to go ahead with the purchase because of expediency. He had to act fast. Ultimately, whether or not it was constitutional because it was a treaty is irrelevant at this point. The only reason I bring that up is once again, look at such a massive change is we have to act now rather than having deliberate, thought out changes in policy. Everything's an emergency. We have to pass the bill so we can see what's in it. Mm -hmm. As 535 clowns take over one-sixth of the economy on this continental landmass. So let's take a quick break, and then we're going to return to the topic of the firearms. But I think that was a very necessary little uh, discussion there. We'll be right back after we hear from our friends over at Anchor FM. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Wasatch Report. Joe Wolverton is joining Jeff Johnson and me in the studio today. We're talking about Joe Biden's proposed and coming to fruition plans to end gun violence. We're discussing Joe Wolverton's, the good Joe, (laughs) article Uh that came in October from the New American, where he's saying that Biden will confiscate all privately owned weapons. In the first segment, we picked that apart a little bit. We're also looking at Joe Biden's his own website, joebiden.com forward slash gun safety. And as I was reading this, you know, it reminds me of some of the things we say about one of the problems with the Constitution. There's no enforcement clause in here. There's an oath. You have to take an oath to be the president of the United States. Uh, You have to be 35 years old, natural born citizen. Quick digression. You had a discussion on how Kamala Harris is not a natural born citizen and that YouTube video was pulled down. There is Yeah, you don't don't have to be a natural natural born citizen. That's rubbish. She I was mean, born the next in Oakland. Thing, Who cares? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you could be born in the middle of Kansas, hopping out of an apple pie while Toby Keith sang the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And if your parents aren't American at that moment, you're not a natural born citizen. Yeah, so, but there's there's no room for the truth in today's society. But here's what's interesting to me. When I see somebody with these radical agendas, this should disqualify them for office. If yeah. you have to take an oath to uphold the Constitution and you campaign on a platform that is consistently one policy of another after another that consistently violates the very same constitution, 
there should be some sort of preclusion from running in the first place. But I think at the founding era, you know, um, again, perhaps they did not see such deceitfulness. But my argument has been that deceitfulness is what got this disaster of a document passed in the first place. And for those of you turning, tuning into the show for the first time, bear with me. Don't shut it off right now. You'll, end, you'll eventually come around to see, see what we're getting to here. But let's look at his page a little bit. And first of all, we, we mentioned the first segment, a $200 surcharge on every firearm that you own, assault rifle, as well as high capacity magazines. Well, who knows what they're going to distinguish, uh, how they're going to define that. He's also taken on, this is from his website right now. In 1993, he shepherded through Congress the Brady Handgun Violence Protection Act. In 1994, along with Senator Dianne Feinstein, secured the passage of 10-year bans on assault weapons with high-capacity magazines. And he says he will defeat the NRA again. He also knows how to make progress on reducing gun violence using executive action. What? I, <laughs> so he's he's also this is here's a blatant lie on his website holding the gun manufacturers accountable in 2005 then senator biden voted against the protection of lawful commerce and arms act gun manufacturers successfully lobbied congress however to secure its passage the law protects these manufacturers from being held civilly liable for their products Here's the lie. Here's a the protection lie. granted to no other industry. Gee, let's talk about Section 230 of the communications, FCC's Communications Decency Act. Let's also talk about the uh, complete lack of liability for vaccination manufacturers. No liability yeah. for them. We're already seeing people die from the new one coming out. No, that's you're exactly right. He, It's a, just an outright lie. It's not even him fudging the truth, right? He can't, this is not him playing games with words, you know, this hermeneutical gymnastics that he plays with the language. This is just an outright lie where he says that gun manufacturers, the only industry protected from civil liability. That's an absolute lie. You yeah, can, and, uh, pharmaceuticals, good luck suing Pfizer. Good luck suing Moderna. Good luck with that. You will not be able to sue them because they are specific. Hey, how about, how about the police? Mm -hmm. Qualified immunity. Qualified immunity. How about an entire race of people who couldn't get accepted to college uh, can go around with a gun, with a you know a, a phallus around their hip and shoot people and have qualified immunity? How about that? How about we just talk about that for a minute? He just lies about everything when it comes to this, you know, keeping the babies safe. Yeah, right. The babies that you can kill up to the day they're supposed to be born. He also Hello. wants to ban the manufacturer and sale. Uh, well, and this is going to tie in a comment that I made about tying in when they when they want to save lives. And I mentioned, um, well, great, let's let's address the abortion issue. And this one woman on Twitter on Gary Herbert's page said, "Well, stick to the subject." I said, "No, you wanted to save lives." And her response was, "You're insane." We're going to bring that topic up a little bit later. Uh, he wants to ban the manufacturer and sale, as we said, of assault weapons, high capacity magazines. Here's what's interesting too. Federal law prevents hunters from hunting migratory birds with more than three shells in their shotgun. I lived in California. I thought that was a California law. I did not know that was a federal law. Again, there is absolutely no constitutionality for that. There's no constitutionality for the Migratory Burns Act either. 
So federal law, and this is, here's another, here's more uh, just ad hominem, just nonsensical rhetoric. That means our federal law does more to protect ducks than children. What about children just about to be born, Joe? He says this is wrong. He's going to enact legislation or stroke of a pen to once again ban assault weapons. And he's going to be now basing it on lessons learned from the 1994 bans. For example, the ban on assault weapons will be designed to prevent manufacturers from circumventing the law by making minor changes that don't limit the weapon, weapons lethality. Remember, I mentioned that the bullet button in California. So what he's proposing is uh, nationwide, pardon my French, firearms regulations that are just like California's. And this is what I have tried to warn people about. When, when Trump was in office and all the pro-gun folks were saying, yeah, national reciprocity, force it down the state's throats. I said, you wait and see. If you are granting and legitimizing this type of power grab, wait until the next administration comes in that is not friendly to firearms. I just want to know, are they going to do some sort of executive order to adjust the lethality of a knife? Are they going to have a, some executive order to adjust the lethality of a bat? Oh no! Per the FBI website, hands, fists, and feet kill more people than firearms. Are they going to do something to adjust the lethality of hands, fists, or feet? I, I just am curious. I just want to really want to know. Any thoughts, anyone? No, Jeff, don't, inter the... don't interject common sense into their policies. You know, this is this is feel good jargon that has absolutely the same scientific and statistical analysis behind it as these ridiculous mask mandates, stay at home orders, the six foot distances, the stickers on the floor of, of stores. This is just more idios idios idiotic policy to make feel make people feel better about themselves for the English speakers. They're also talking about having to register these firearms as well as getting permits before you can even buy a gun well, in California. Now they want to have, a, a, I think, permits to get ammo. Go ahead, Joe. No, I wanted to draw your attention to the section of his website where he says, reduce stockpiling of weapons. In order to reduce the stockpiling of firearms, Biden, Biden supports legislation restricting the number of firearms an individual mm -hmm. may purchase per month to one. Now, this is an interesting thing. In 2012, I was at the UN for the arms trade treaty where the United States jumped on board with that. And one of the things that I'd written about that nobody even talks about anymore is this device that had been developed by NQTEL, the technology arm of the CIA that could be mounted on the dashboards of patrol cars. And it was a laser that could read a thousand square feet in a few milliseconds and was designed to detect the, the existence of gunpowder in a home. And so the, the idea was the police car would drive through the neighborhood, scanning every home, any, wow. that had, any that had a level. And you can go back and read this. It's not secret. And I, went, I covered the uh, hearings on it and everything. And the idea is you go just driving through the neighborhood. You'll get a readout of the level of gunpowder. If it goes over a certain amount, that means that that person is stockpiling. Uh, that was verbal air quotes, and that will enable the officer to stop there, ask to see how many weapons you have. Do you have your – because everybody knows the police is nothing more now than a branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. 
because they've been co-opted through the offering of money and all of that. So that's what will happen. And no one talks about it anymore. And it's frightening the fact that you could have, this is how this will be enforced. How will the one gun rule be enforced? By your local police. So every time you come out there and you say, they'll pry it from my cold dead fingers. And on the back of your car is the little sticker with the thin blue line, right? And the American flag and the thin blue line. I want you to realize that those very blue mm -hmm. people that you back are going to be the one prying it from your cold dead fingers. So you're going to have to decide, are you backing the blue or are you backing your right to shoot them in the face when they come for your weapon? Which is which one do you support more? Your right to own all the weapons you want or do you support your local police? You're going to have to you're going to have to make that call because Joe Biden will. I don't think people get it, Suzanne. I don't really don't think that people understand that this is now ratcheted up to a level we've never seen before. He will not stop until they have consolidated monopoly control over weapons in the hands of the federal government. This will not stop until then. This will literally happen. People are going to listen to this show and think it's the same old, same old. A bunch of people, libertarians talking about they're coming for our guns. They really are now. This yeah. is not theoretical. This isn't some debate we're having. This isn't some, ooh, the sky is falling. This is, there will come a day very soon where he signs his name after his handlers tell him what he's where he's supposed to sign and what his name is. He will sign <laughs> his name to this document and they will enforce it with your local police, period. That will happen to you. You know, when you were talking about that technology, is that in use where they can drive by and, and assess? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And this is what, man, when I mention it, at when I would go, when I was just working as a reporter and I would go to these they would have these big, uh, what do you call them, like conventions of law, law enforcement. And I went, I remember I went to one, I think it was in Florida. And I said, do you guys use, and I can't remember the name of it now, Suzanne. I'll, have to, I'll send you the article that I wrote in 2000, I think it was 11, when they first started uh, debating, you know, the hearings on Capitol Hill. But anyway, yeah, it's perfectly, people are like, that's the sort of thing that if, this is what one sheriff told me, that if that gets out there, then people are going to start building themselves buildings that the laser can't read through. You need to shut up. You're threatening the security of the streets of our country by telling about this device. So yeah, they don't so even want us knowing about it. You know what this, you know what this sounds like to me? This is nothing more than high tech, uh, high tech writs of assistance. Writs of it, assistance. Absolutely a writ of assistance. Kicked off our, our war for independence. Yeah, and, you know what though, Suzanne? It won't kick off Jack now. Oh no. Because nobody oh, no. nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cares. cares. Just keep the Wi-Fi signal strong and let me be able to get Grubhub to the house. Y'all can have all my guns. You can have everything you want. They also want to keep guns out of dangerous hands. <clears throat> require yeah. background checks for all sales. Something that's also interesting too is I believe Donald Trump backed this off was a rule that the, the Social Security Security Administration and the VA would report to the feds any instances of mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. if you look at New York wanting to look at social media for you to get a gun permit, if they want a federal gun permit, which is something they're also talking about, mm -hmm. well, they're going to look at your social media. Look at the people that went to Washington on January 6th. 
Now we have this domestic terror bill coming down the pike. Extreme risk laws, we see that coming up. So I, I told people, I've been saying back in 2010, you better get every firearm you ever imagine yourself needing, maybe another one or two, and, and, and enough ammo to last a lifetime because there's going to come a day when you do not want to be on the radar as having purchased any type of firearm. And, and Suzanne, please add this, put them in a place that cannot, that the laser, I know this is, people are gonna think Joey's wearing the tinfoil hat. I have seen the device a thousand square feet in a couple of milliseconds and it will read the gunpowder, put them in something lead or something very thick concrete. Don't just have your guns and look, I, 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 you should be able to own an MX missile as far as the constitution. Screw the constitution. As far as you're right as a human being, you should be able to drive to work in a tank if you wanted to. But the point is for right now, the world we live in, Biden will, he will send the police to check your house and like you said, it's a writ of assistance carried out by a laser beam and put your guns and your ammo in a place that, you know, you want to keep them accessible, but you want to make it in something that's lead or something that's very thick concrete that cannot be read from the street by police going around your neighborhood scanning for gunpowder residue. We're going to take a quick break. If you like the music you hear at the end and the beginning of the show, check out Roxanne. We'll be right back. Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Wasatch Report. We're having a discussion with Joe Wolverton about uh, Joe Biden's proposed gun, very, very draconian, nefarious proposed uh, gun regulations. I want to turn to an article I wrote for the Tenth Amendment Center. You can find it also on SuzanneCSherman.com on the published articles on Suzanne's articles page. It's hard to dig this stuff up from the Tenth Amendment Center on their site, but you can clearly find it on mine. They're all listed. And I mention Heller because that is hailed as a victory by the gun rights advocates, especially the NRA likes to give themselves a big pat on the back. But I try to let people know that Antonin Scalia's interpretation of, this, of the Second Amendment has caused so much harm, and it actually laid the groundwork for what's happening right now. He calls himself a textualist and says he's going to look at what the words of the Second Amendment actually say. He says that the intent of the ratifying states can be found by looking at the clear words of the Second Amendment, which really isn't true. You have to look at the ratification records, what motivated these people, what was debated, and what were the considerations made when they decided, when the states decided to ratify the Constitution. So he explained that the Constitution was written to be understood by voters, yet as I explain in my article, he took 64 pages to explain the meaning of the Second Amendment, which consists of merely one second, or one sentence, I should say. His starting point, he said, is held by is the presumption that the Second Amendment right is exercised individually and belongs to all Americans. And this is the problem. 
the starting point for his analysis is really in direct contravention to the purpose and intent of the Bill of Rights, which was really to restrict the general government. When you classify these restrictions on government as rights of the people, the doors then open for the general government to exercise control over a policy matter that was never intended. He also quotes St. George Tucker in his opinion, and we also mentioned this in an article on national reciprocity I co-wrote with my good friend Carl Jones. According to St. George Tucker, whenever standing armies are kept up and when the right of the people to keep and bear arms is under any color or pretext whatsoever, liberty, if not already annihilated, is on the brink of destruction. That's exactly what we're looking at here, especially when you consider the um, the technology that you were just discussing uh, a few minutes ago. And this is a problem. What they do is they get this legislation in and say, well, rights are subject to reasonable regulation, hence common sense gun laws. And then they'll find a target that makes people feel good about limiting the class of people that can have weapons. Now, one of the things they did was re was restrict the rights of felons to have firearms. It's just a clear way of getting everybody to say, yeah, we don't want felons to have firearms, and even conservatives are, are okay with that, NRA, et cetera. Then we have the Lautenberg Amendment, which now brought in another class of individuals, those convicted of misdemeanor domestic violence. Well, clearly, if somebody's going to slap their wife, they're just as likely to shoot her. So we have this nonsensical mm -hmm. logic, but it's going to cast a much wider net and prohibit many more people from having a firearm. When I practiced criminal law in California, the majority of our cases were domestic violence. And that's when you know people get so used to calling the police first. I'm not saying you shouldn't call the police or get help if you're being if you're being subject to domestic violence, but it was an opportunity for them to ensnare a huge population and bring them under the auspices of a of a, a prohibited class, you know, broadening the prohibition from felons to now ensnaring uh, misdemeanors. And I, I'm seeing that in this one as well. If I, I look up some of these, they're talking about bringing some misdemeanor cases in here as well. Uh, yeah, they, the idea is, and you, you know, you're talking about the, uh, uh, the uh, what is it, VA and everything. The idea is to just bring as many people within the net as they can. And the, the that we would allow, I mean, it's so bizarre, Suzanne, that we would allow a president, the giant air quotes around that word, but mm -hmm. we, would allow, we would allow any man, a king, that you would allow a king to come in and say, I'm going to decide what's dangerous. And if you're dangerous, you can't own a weapon. Well, okay, I'm going to go on record. I'm dangerous because left to my own devices, if there were enough people, we would make tar and feathers great again in this country. We would go a straight Sam Adams on these people, but there's not enough people that care because it's become an industry to fight against, to pretend, to rattle sabers against the tyrant is an industry. Listen to my podcast, watch my YouTube channel, do my thing. All you wanna do is be part of the, the uh, loyal opposition. And in this case, Joe Biden, He's happy, happy for you to do that. He wants you to defend the Second Amendment because while you're sitting there on YouTube defending the Second Amendment, while you're posting another article on Facebook, 
he's got people going around classifying you as yep. your own doctor. If you go to your doctor and say, I have anxiety, is there something you can help me with? That gets put on the record. That will be uploaded because of Obamacare to the central registry. You will get a letter in the mail saying, sorry, you sought treatment for anxiety. We can't trust you with a firearm. I I'm telling you, people don't realize everybody is going to fall into some classification. And it has nothing to do with when you're when you're in your doctor's office and they're getting your background and when they start typing that information into a computer, uh-uh, no, they get very, and that's the problem. You're going to be giving them much more limited information. Look, I also refer to the American community survey and some of the questions they ask there. Do you have trouble dressing yourself? Are you having trouble sleeping? That sort of thing. All of these are going to be flagged. We've talked with Greg Carpenter about metadata tags people putting pictures of themselves and their guns on Facebook, even if you're sending them a private message. My God, I get these so many times. Oh, check out my new toys. You know, you people are really, really dumb. Metadata tags is just another way of tracking you. Jeff, I think you were wanting to say something. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to this whole doctor thing. So you go to your doctor's office and he says to you, are you having trouble sleeping? That is a mental health question. Lie, lie, lie. I sleep like a baby. I have no trouble sleeping. Everything you do in the doctor's office now is not benign. They are recording everything that the government wants to know. So, quite honestly, doctors are not our friends any longer, just like the police are not our friends any longer. They are operatives of the state, and they are collecting every bit of data about you that they can possibly give to the government. So, lie, lie, lie. You know, there's something else here, too, that uh, there's going to be a requirement gun owners to safely store their weapons. What does safely store your weapon mean? And what does that mean? Can they come into your house and ensure that they are being stored in a manner that they well, satisfactory? Of, of course, the same way they're allowed to come into your house and make sure that your home is satisfactory for raising your children. Your children. If, one of, if one of your neighbors know that you're a gun nut, Guess what? They're going to call Child Protective Services, who gets $86,000 for every child they remove from a dangerous home. They're from guess who? Daddy government. They're going to call you. Just And what's the problem, Suzanne? We don't think anymore. Why do we live among strangers? We live among people. We have no idea if I'm safe around them. And so when they hear, oh, Joey owns a lot of guns or ammunition, that's dangerous. I should call someone on him. The same There's way we had that, that guy, Joseph Robertson, in was it South Dakota, that will die in prison because he dug a pond on his own property that his neighbor didn't like the noise, called the EPA, and the next thing you know, he's in prison for 15 years. Pardoned by Trump, by the way. Which is lovely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally. I mean, you give the devil his due. That, he, that was just a, a really humane thing to do, honestly. Also, there are ways that are going to entrap people. And this is what I tried to warn people about in Utah, state of Utah passed proposition two: medical marijuana. Well, if you want to get medical marijuana, no longer. Now you have to have an actual letter from your doctor. It's going to get electronic records in there. I refer you to ATF form 4473, where they ask you when you want to purchase a firearm, 
if you are using marijuana or other drugs. And then in bold letters, and there's an article on this on my website, that the states not have to step up and protect marijuana users. They ask you, and they will admonish you, even if you are in a state where it is legal, you are still prohibited federally from purchasing a firearm. Yet another egregious overreach. Why are the states not pushing back for any of this? Because they don't wanna cop up any federal funds or forego any of this. And that is the problem. When the state legislatures want to say that they want to support our rights and defend our rights, they still will not sacrifice any uh, additional federal funds going into their coffers. Oh, I, I mean, you're exactly right. The problem is that, you know, we talk about, and I wrote that whole book on making America states again. And when you go to these states and you talk to these state legislators, none of them have any. Now, this is beyond having a desire for the money. They all want the money. But beyond the desire for the money is the fact that for at least 120 years, the the statists have had control of education in this country. And these people, I, I'm sitting down with them, good hearted you know, men who believe that they're doing a good thing. They have no idea that the states have the authority. And in J uh, James Madison would say, are duty bound to refuse to enact unconstitutional acts of the federal <laughs> government. They are shocked when I show them the Virginia resolution. They are shocked when I show them the facts of Federalist 39, Federalist 45, Federalist 46, where they say, you must refuse to do this. You have to refuse to cooperate. These guys, these state legislators, we need to have a, a re-education, Suzanne. If we have any hope of having states stand up against the tyranny of the federal government, we need to have people either elected to the state houses that know what's going on and know their proper Article Six role, or we need to try and educate people who are there already that they have an obligation to resist tyrannical edicts of the federal government in order to support you're a big constitutionalist in order to support is it more constitutionally friendly to support maintaining the boundaries established by the constitution or to allow them to be overrun obviously it's the former but these state these state houses are filled filled with people who are taught from age six to age 18 that federal government is in charge and when they say something that's the law and the states must comply. Yeah, we're going to take another quick break for Anchor and then we're going to wrap up the show. I've got some commentary to address what you just said. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, as we wrap up the show, I want to address a couple issues here. We're talking about the proposed gun regulations coming down from the Biden administration. I want to talk about specifically how the message is controlled. If people really do try to educate themselves it's very easy to change the definitions. Uh, we're gonna see what's the definition of a person who is dangerous. What's it going to be the definition of a person that has a mental health issue? I wanna turn to, uh, I like to look in a dictionary to see what is the first source. Oftentimes this is the first source of people's uh, information when they wanna learn about something. Going back to 1828, Noah Webster described a musket, and this is with regards to the AR ban, a musket is a weapon used by the colonial uh, militias 
as a species of firearms used in war. In other words, it was once a given that civilians, meaning the militia, would have the very same firearms as the military. Fast forward now, Merriam-Webster recently changed its definition of assault rifle to the following. Any of various intermediate range magazine-fed military rifles, such as the AK-47, that can be used for automatic or semi-automatic fire. Also, and here's where it gets dicey, a rifle that resembles a military assault rifle, but is designed to allow only semi-automatic fire. So now they've expanded from functionality to appearance. What also is an appearance that makes people feel safe? Having a face diaper covering your face. Not having these scary features that have zero effect on the functionality is going to, again, make the net much, much bigger, criminalizing law-abiding gun owners who purchase these firearms legally. We're not coming for them yet, but you're going to have to pay through the nose if you want to keep them. Something that a lot of people are going to struggle with, especially if they have like 10 or 20 large capacity magazines. Well, nobody needs them anyway. That's none of your damn business. Uh, yeah, I don't care what you need. I need an MX missile if I want it. If, I, if, if the people aren't better armed than the government, then those roles have changed. If I am afraid of my government, then it's not even a government anymore, right? If I'm afraid of them, then all that is, is that's, that's a mafia. That's someone who's going to allow me to, to do whatever they want to allow me to do. I wanted to point out to this on this uh, Biden, you know, JoeBiden.com. Look at his uh, reform, fund, and empower the U.S. Justice Department to enforce the gun laws. Mm-hmm. Biden will Biden will direct his attorney general to deliver to him within the first 100 days a set of recommendations for restructuring the ATF and related Justice Department agencies to most effectively enforce our gun laws. Biden will then work to secure sufficient funds for the Justice Department, Justice Department to effectively enforce the existing gun laws, increase the frequency of inspections of firearm dealers and repeal riders that get in the way of that work. That's the first 100 days he will send out the ATF, the Homeland Security, the local police who, through accepting DHS grants, have agreed to let them take managerial control of their local agency. He will send them out with the instruction, make sure that there's no more than one gun per person, that they have no more than this amount of ammo, and that they've all have proof that they've paid the tax that we've imposed on the firearms. I wish people didn't still sit there right now and believe that this is just some theoretical debate. Someday the tyrants will come for your weapons. Ask not for whom the bell tolls. You know, when Obama was in office, remember his calls for a civilian army equally as funded as the military? We have the practical effect with that, with the militarization of the police forces and the ATF, the IRS, and all these other agencies that are armed uh, with full military capabilities on our own soil. So that time, that time is here. Everybody was ranting and raving. And I also am going to call out those Trump apologists who refuse to be up in arms, no pun intended, maybe a little bit, about the bump stock ban. Oh, it's okay. Nobody really needs a bump stock. 
okay, you clowns, nobody really needs an AR-15, according to you. It's none of your business. And this is the problem with Heller, with the Heller ruling and where Antonin Scalia got it wrong. By focusing on the popularity of the handgun, and that's what he said, the handgun is, is protected by the, uh, the Second Amendment because it's popular, it's easy to use. He went into this whole discussion of how easily it is to aim it. Well, everything that applies to the handgun applies to the AR-15 as well. But by saying that the gun or that the Second Amendment protects handguns rather than focusing on the fact that it's an absolute restriction on the general government from regulating firearms, period, it leaves open the possibility that other firearms may be considered outside the purview of the Second Amendment. What do I mean? Assault weapons, the guns with the scary features that have nothing to do with having military capacity. And this is where we are, and the conservatives support it and they cheer it on. They also cheer on federalization of state firearms laws in the McDonald case. That was an Alito decision and Scalia wrote a concurring opinion on that. Folks, they are coming for the guns. Please check out my articles, uh, many of them by the 10th Amendment Center. Also, I have a blog on SuzanneCSherman.com about the case connecting COVID to red flag laws. They're saying now one of the results of COVID can be some mental health disorders. So uh, there's no safe haven from this, folks. Be discreet. Civil disobedience. Any final comments, Joe? Uh, Jeff, did you want to say something as we wrap up? We've mentioned it a few times before the break and just after the break. We talked about our government. It's interesting. We had 30,000 troops in uh, in the seat of government protecting the government from the people. So I went back and dusted off uh, a speech by Patrick Henry on March 20, 1775. Domestic terrorist. Yes, I know. (laughs) Here we are. I'm going to just change a couple words here and there to make it a... I mean, what he said then can be said right now. So anyway, here we go. Has Washington, D.C. any enemy in this quarter of the state to call for all the accumulation of navies and armies? No, sir, she has none. They are meant for us. They can be meant for no other. They are sent over to bind and rivet upon us the chains which the Washington ministry have been so long forging. Well done, my well, friend. Yeah, I mean, you think about, and the thing I always ask people is, what would what would Samuel Adams do? And the fact that he did what we're afraid to do is all you need to know about who we are and how much we value our liberty. Here's a hot take, Suzanne. How about uh, being anti-Bill of Rights? Because... All that did is define rights that allowed the federal government to define them out of existence. Well, you know, what's interesting, too, is is so many of the interpretations. When I, I called, for instance, there was a helpline for that American community survey. And so I said, yeah, I do have a question. Where's your constitutional authority to inquire any of these other than, you know, how many people live here for purposes of counting numbers for the House of Representatives? And I wouldn't even I won't even participate for that because nothing they do these days is constitutional anyway. So she's looking and looking and she's, and I said, hint, check out article one, section eight. (laughs) And she's looking. And then a minute or two later, she goes, huh, it doesn't say we can't do it. So we can. That's a Hamiltonian version, you know, with the uh, necessary and proper pretty much has to be an admonition that you can't do it. And uh, there's a great article uh, that Mises put out and they took a segment from 
chapter five of Albert J. Knox's book on Jefferson that shows really who the backers of the Constitution were, lawyers, mercantilists, bankers, clearly nobody that's our friend today, and they weren't our friend back then. And I've said before, if the communication capabilities had been what they are now, there would have been a mass exodus from this ungodly union after Washington marched his troops into Pennsylvania, again, in direct contravention to the authority that he had, absent any kind of request from the state for them to come and uh, intervene in the in the Whiskey Rebellion. So folks, this, this whole train wreck, uh, this went off the rails from the very get-go, before the ink was dry on the holy parchment. We're going to be talking about this a lot. Uh, with this new administration, there's going to be con <laughs> there's going to continue to be a lot to talk about. Joe, I'm sure we'll have you back on how we can fight this as well. One more time, so. how can people follow you? Um, on all the social media, you can do Teacher of Liberty or the, the new thing. If you want to be involved in learning this history the way it really happened, it's M-R-G-A-M-A-R-G-I group.com. Thank you. I just want to wrap up with how I concluded my article on Heller. I said right now that we are in the process of surrendering a fundamental tenet, our ability to defend ourselves from personal assault, as well as proven threats by the very government imposing these unlawful restrictions. Failing to realize our natural rights have already gone by the wayside. We have admitted to being incapable of self-governance. We have surrendered our revolutionary legacy. Thank you for listening. This has been the Wasatch Report.